officially a fall morning, isn't it? We're going to start out singing this song. It says, Lord, here I am to give you all of my praise, all of my adoration. Here I am to worship. worship him. And when we think about his love, I love this thought. If we spent our our first breath singing about his love to our very last one, it wouldn't be enough to tell the story of his love. Sing this with us. I could sing of your love forever. the mountains and the 
sought us out, redeemed us, bought us, and changed us. And we're going to close with this prayer. It says, Lord, keep changing my heart. Keep making me more and more like your son. Take me, make me into what you want me to be. Change my heart, oh God.
morning good afternoon not yet good morning still <laughs> thank you worship team may we all be like Jesus Christ that's why we come to church that's why we read the Bible that's why we attend Bible studies so we can be like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I have a simple message today and I hope that you will Keep praying so the Lord will speak to my heart first and then your hearts. I want to talk today about walking with God. Do you think it's a good subject? Would you like to walk with God? Amen. And uh, that's why I'd like uh, the reading today. I did not give it to Ed, but I know he has quick fingers. Uh, is from Genesis chapter 5. Verse 21 through 24. Genesis 5, 21 through 24. And uh, the Bible says, And Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. May God bless this reading. The words walked with God indicate a surrendered life. Life lived in close communion with God. The Bible says, as we read this morning, as we read, actually, that Enoch lived 365 years. And he was not. And he was not. These are the actual words in the Bible. A brief sentence explains what comes afterwards in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5, which I will read. You don't have to open your Bible. By faith, we read, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. 
For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Someone said, and I quote, one of the most delightful experiences in life is to take a walk with a very dear friend. Did you ever experience that? Then he adds on, this pleasure is becoming more rarer in this artificial age in which we live. And he says, for myself, I am sure that we are very much the losers because of this lack of exercise. And we have, uh, let me add this, we have uh, uh, exchanged this walk with cars. Let's take, let's take a ride. And you know, in, a, in riding a car, there's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot have the intimacy and the flow of discussion together while you're walking because you have to watch for the cars behind you, in front of you, on your left and on your right. And uh, so many times, uh, uh, if I may say, I hope uh, I want to be nice. Good. I, we don't lose it. <laughs> you know, because people uh, cut through. So you don't have that beautiful walk that experience of walking um, because when 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 you walk you throw off all the tensions all the strains and you are especially if you're walking with a friend you are absolutely devoting these thoughts and attention to whatever you're discussing so walking with God I hope each one is experiencing this walk. And if you're not, it's good to listen to me for the next 25 minutes. I want to share with you some pertinent points concerning walking with God. What does it take? Walking with God, the first point, demands a meeting place. If you want to walk with someone, wouldn't you give him a point that says, hey, would you meet me at such and such place? You know? Let us meet at such and such place. And walking with God is the same. If you want to enjoy walking with God, you have to meet him at a certain place. One place if you want to enjoy this walk with God. And this is a test. What is the most appropriate place to meet with God. Let me answer that. It's to meet. It's the place. At the. Foot of the cross. That's the only place. Where you can meet with God. It is there. And only there. You can have that great fellowship with him. Then the soul is brought into a meaningful relationship, a satisfying communion with God. It is there when we gaze at him, when we gaze at our Lord and see how much he paid and the price that he paid with his own blood to save you and me. When we look at his visage that the Bible says that was marred. The agony. He was crowned with a crown of thorns. He was in total complete pain. Took your place and mine. We see the heart of God. How much he loved us. We heard a little bit at the breaking of bread. The heart of God himself. Seeking those who are lost like you and me. We were, thank God, but we're not today. When we look at that place called Golgotha, when we look at the cross and then we see the God, the Lord of Lords and 
God of all other gods. There is no other like him hanging there on the cross of Calvary. We realize and the heart realizes how much he loved us to pay that price on our behalf. There's the meeting place, my dear friends, this morning. This is where we have to meet with God. This is where we need to realize how much he loved us. And we have to respond to that meeting, to that place. We have to respond by saying, Lord Jesus, I really understand now the price that was paid. I can see the agony that you have gone through. And I will take you as my personal savior. You cannot walk with God and coming and say, say, God, come and walk with me. I will talk about that in a little while. You cannot do that. There is a meeting place to start. If you want with God, you have to start at the right place. And there is no other place you can start. No other place. You have to come to the Lord at the feet of the cross. There is no other place. You know, the Bible says in Amos Chapter 3, verse 3, I will read it. Can two walk together unless they have an agreement? And you cannot come and walk with the Lord unless you have an agreement. Agreeing on everything. Or have an appointment with him. And then once you accept him as Savior, once you go on his side, and say, Lord, I want to walk with you. Take me in this life. The entrance into a life, joyful life that you are seeking and I'm seeking is Jesus Christ himself and no one else. So, have you been to the cross this morning? That's my question. Have you been to the cross? Say, yeah, I, 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 want, I want to walk with God. But, there's a requirement that you and I have to meet is to go to the cross of Calvary, accept him as Savior, understanding what he's gone through for you and me. And then I say, Lord Jesus, now we can start the walk. We can start the journey together. Would you do that? If you have not experienced him yet as a personal Savior, I invite you to go to Calvary just gaze at the Lord Jesus Christ and take him as your savior. And then a journey begins. You want a safe journey? Today our journey, the journey of this world is so, so dangerous. We don't know what tomorrow is holding for us. We don't know the, how the market is going to go. We don't know how the, uh, this world is going. We don't know what, where, what, when war is going to start or where. We know one thing. That if we are walking with God, we are protected and we are secured a safe journey. Guaranteed. So, what's the first thing we need to do? Is it demands a meeting place. Have you been there? The second thing. That walking with God demands entire surrender. I want to talk to you out of experience. Entire surrender. And I want to talk to you about something you can live with. And you can exercise in your life. The name Enoch. What does it mean? Okay. I searched it. It means dedicated. Did you ever think of that? Note it in your Bible. It means that one yielded to God. To be conformed to God's own mind and will. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect for you. As you begin your journey, we began at the foot of the cross, and then you begin with journey walking with God. What is required the second thing, what's demanded, what God demands from you and me? A total surrender. That's it. There is no halfway to that. A total surrender. 
This means do as you're told. Did you ever think of that? Do as you're told. And who is telling you to do this? It's not the pastor of the church. It's not the elders of the church. It's not mom and dad, though, though would like, I, would, I would suggest to the uh, kids and the teenagers, everybody, listen to your mom and dad and obey them. And surrender to their will because they know what is good for you. And so, in turn, us as believers, we have to surrender our will to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to walk with him, you cannot lock horn with him. You know who will win? You will lose. And you will lose big. Because you are fighting God himself. In other words, when you surrender, I was talking to uh, a friend about a year ago. And uh, I told him, we need to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, do you have a softer word for me? <laughs> obedience, obedience means authority. I said, what's wrong with authority? It's not my authority. I don't want you to obey me. I want you to obey God. Can you say surrender, he said? I said, it's a synonym. It's the same. Surrender, obedience are the same. That means we need to obey him. You want to walk with Christ? You want to walk with God? Be in total obedience with him. To him. So God is looking for a total surrender. You cannot walk with God and have your own way. You can't. And uh, he is the one to be trusted. And he is the one to surrender your will to him. Walking with God means not my will, but your will, God, be done in my life. This is what he taught us, didn't he? When Jesus was here, not your will be done. Not my will be done, but your will. Are we surrendered? Are we truly surrendered? You know, when you meet someone who is so surrendered and obedient to God himself, you will leave his or her presence so blessed and so happy and so joyful. Uh, when J. Wilbur Chapman, the American evangelist, was in London, he had an opportunity to meet General Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. You read about him who at that time was past 80 years old. He asked him to disclose his secret to success. Listen to this. Dr. Chapman said, and I saw the tears come into General Booth's eyes and down his cheeks. And then he said to me, I made up my mind that Jesus Christ would have all of William Booth there was. And if there is anything of power in the Salvation Army today, it is because God has all the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. Dr. Chapman said he went from that meeting, he went away with General Booth, knowing that the greatness of man's power is the measure of his surrender. God is looking for surrendered men and women to his will. Not your will, nor mine. Not the will of the church, not the will of the pastor, but the will of God should be in our lives. We cannot go wrong with the will of God. Remember that. We can go astray with our own will. Ask Frank Sinatra and he will tell you, I want it my way. One of the men of God by the name of S.I. Macmillan once said, surrendering one's will to the divine will may seem to be a negative procedure, but it gives positive dividends. 
You see, you mean tell me you can't make a decision before you ask God? This doesn't need a decision. This doesn't need asking God. Let me tell you one thing. I don't want to take any step before asking God. Why do we pray every morning? To ask God to direct our footsteps. To protect our children. To bless us at work. To make us a blessing. To give us a good job. To help us go through the day without any problem. This is it. And when you're doing, when you're asking God's will, what are you doing? You're surrendering your will. You're surrendering. And God is looking for surrender will, surrendered wills. May your will and mine be God's will in life. That's the, a key point. This is what I want to bring to your attention, my friends, this afternoon now. To walk with God, surrendering your will to him. Like Enoch, Enoch has learned this important truth that he must walk where God walked and not expect God to walk where he walked. Did I, did I make this clear? Uh, let me make it clearer. Suppose I'm walking off the, on this side of the street. There's here. Outside, there's another side. And I want to walk with God. He says, God, come walk on my side. I said, God, I want you to walk on my side. Because I might be going somewhere where it's not good for me. So let's cross to the other side and walk with God. There's no place. God can take you and would hurt you. But there are many places, if we leave it to our will, that it might hurt us. We are not always right, are we? Our decisions, we have learned, I think you and me, we have learned that many decisions we take are wrong decisions. And we learn from them. But there is no decision that God can take for you and me that is wrong. It might not seem comfortable at times. You might not like it at times. But the end of it is a great result for you and me. There is no place where you cannot walk with God. There is no alley that is a no-no when you walk with God. There is no movie that you attend if God goes into that movie with you that you cannot see. There is nothing that you cannot do when you are walking with God and according to his will, he directs you and his will should be prevalent in your life. So, surrendered life. Are we ready to surrender our wills to him? We have a problem with our wills. We have a problem with obedience. We have a problem with really surrendering. Are you willing? Are we willing, folks? I talk to myself and you. Are we willing to say, Lord, take my will? I surrender my will, my life, and lead me because you never, never lead me to the wrong path. Third thing, walking with God demands, and this is important too, unbroken fellowship. Unbroken fellowship. Uh, question, quiz, how long did Enoch walk? We read it, we just read it. How many? 300, okay, you're with me, fine, no one is asleep. 300 years. Okay. Did he have ups and downs? Did he have any problems? Let me tell you. The, very he, the, the Bible said we read that he was married. He had Methuselah and other children. Right? And don't you think he, as a family, they faced the problems of life? Did you think that he has problems with the, with the, with the neighbors? You might not have with his relatives, with folks, with friends. Didn't you think that sometimes when, when the Lord is waiting for him, 300 years, the first 10 years, he went, one morning he came and said, I am, I am so mad. I said, God would tell him, what, what are you mad about, Enoch? Didn't you think that Enoch had these ups and downs? He wasn't an angel. 
He had the feelings. He had the experiences that we had. But when God corrected him, well, you know what he said? Yes, sir, I will now. When God corrects us, what do we do? No. No, I'm not going to do it. We do not like to be obedient. And here's the fellowship that he had. Whatever God directed him to do, he did. He never had an unbroken fellowship. Do we have problems of various kinds in life? He had it. Human nature did not change. He was a man like you and me, a human being. But he never hid anything from God. He never. He was so open with God. I cannot imagine living, uh, walking with God 300 years and hiding anything from him. Do we, try, do we try sometimes to hide something from God? Do we do a shady deal and say, well, hey, no one knows about it? Or maybe a maybe deal, a doubtful deal in our business. God is seeing that. Before you do it, before you sign those papers, says, Lord, this is in front of you. If you sign, I sign. He never did anything more. The length of the journey told me also that his, he had successes to share. He had defeats. He had worries. He had problems. He had concerns. He was open to share everything with God. And this, let me say this, dear folks, and that goes for me too. Tell God all that is in your heart. You will never go wrong. Open your heart to him. As one unloads his heart, I say, you have a friend you want to unload, you want to vent, vent to God. Unload everything before God. People who have no secrets from each other, listen to this, people who have no secrets from each other never want subjects of conversation. Did you understand what I mean by this? If you have such a beautiful relationship with God, you don't need to look for a subject. So many times you're talking to someone and you're rushed, you want to go, and you have no subjects. The weather, you have exhausted the weather, you have exhausted how are you, the family, and so on. And so what? You look at each other, I need to go. When you open your heart, when you have a relationship with God, that nothing is hidden, it's open completely. And you, you are like an open book to God. He knows everything about you. You have nothing to hide. You know what? You will never be in lack of any subject to discuss. Try it. You don't have to weigh your words. So many people say, ah, I don't want him to catch me. I want to weigh my words. How are you doing? Am I interfering if I ask this one? I better, I better watch myself. How many times say I watch myself with that person? And how many of said, you watch yourself, take good care. You watch yourself. You don't have to watch yourself with God. You don't have. You have him as savior. You met with him. You are surrendered lives. You have your problems. Put them at his feet. And you don't have to watch yourself at all. Talk to him. Talk to him openly. One more thing. I don't want to hide them. Any sin because everything is naked as the Bible says before him who has to do with us everything is naked he sees why do we hide it and then let me ask a question now since we know how a relationship walking with God what kind of a relationship we should have let me ask a question for you what are the things that break our fellowship with God. What are the things? Sin, someone said sin. Sin comes in many, many ways. 
How about unbroken will? How about pride? Uh -huh. You agree with me? Anyone who's, we're all humble people, right? We have no pride whatsoever. We have no ego whatsoever. May God help us all. Help me, Lord. How about, how about pardon? How about pardon? So many things they say. You know, I will forgive, but I'll never forget. Where is this? Where did this come from? If you have been to the cross and looked at him who was there dying for you and me, what did he say to his enemies? Forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. Are you? Did you? Do you have anything in your heart that is still unforgiven to anyone? Do you think this is a sin? Hmm? I think so. Did Jesus forgive? And when someone came to Jesus asking, how, how many times should I forgive who? My brother. That means we sin against each other. How many times should I forgive them? Uh, the Lord said, uh, only once a day. According to my Bible, right? No. My Bible is wrong. According to our Bible, how many? Thank you, Barbara. How many times? 70 times 7. Do we have sin in our life? I will forgive, but I will never forget. Ooh. First chapter, Corinthians 3.15. Is it there? Caught it. Where is it? Pardon there was multiplied to me. Where there? At the cross of Calvary. You want to walk with God, you have to have the mind of God. You have to obey God. And slowly, slowly, Enoch was transformed. And he was conformed to the image of his Savior. And as long as he continued walking without any broken fellowship, because he brought everything into light. He did not hide anything. All these things, he had them. But he said, lack of love. Lack of love. He said, I can't love my brother-in-law. We are always, I says, hey, what, what did Jesus say? Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love, love, love. Go, go read it at home. Go look at it at home. Go see how Jesus loved. And this is why he transformed him completely. Do you want to be an effective Christian in life? This is what, to walk with God. And these demands should be met. And let me ask you a question. Did we reach such, rela such relationship with God? Did you reach, did Adol, did we reach such, such a relationship with God? That whatever problem we have, we put it, says, whatever you decide, Lord, I will go do it. Well, you have to go and ask forgiveness. You go, I have to go and tell this person that you have pride. You have to tell this woman that, you know, you did not tell her the truth. Enoch had to correct everything. Otherwise, 300 years. It's convicting to me. It's convicting to each and every one should be. 300 years, he never failed. He, he said, you want to walk with me? I demand a unbroken fellowship. Any little sin breaks our fellowship. You know, you don't want to break your fellowship with God. And if I, if I leave the house on any given day, I step outside the garage without having a fellowship with God, I feel that I am not protected. I don't have an insurance policy. Like you're driving your car in San Francisco on the freeway, on a Los Angeles freeway. I've been there lately uh, without any insurance. How would you like that? So let's get that insurance. Let's avoid. Let's confess. Let's come to God. Blessed are they who obtain such a familiar relationship with our God. You have that relationship. 
Someone said, a habit of devout fellowship with God is the spring of all our life and the strength of it. Finally, walking with God secures a happy ending. Where's Enoch? I don't need to preach on that. Where is Enoch? Three hundred years, and one day, as someone has suggested, Enoch walked so far with God that God said to him, Enoch, we're closer to my home than yours. Let's go. And today, after such a journey, we started on the cross. We're going through the journey. And we have some problems, but I want to walk with him. I don't want him to walk with me. I don't want to lead him. I want him to lead me. I want to be an imitator of God, not of man. I want to look at him. And whatever he says, whatever he wants me to do, I will do it. Church, the end result is always good. People might mock at you. People might say you're such a separated people. Well, we are separated from sin, but we're not separated from people. We're still human beings. We deal with business. And we have so many things to do in this world. Enoch, Adel, Durhan, we're closer to home now than we were we started. Every one of us. You're tired maybe. You say, Lord, every day I want to go home. But I don't want to go through death. I want you to come and take me. And if you have settled the question of sin at the cross of Calvary. And if you're walking with God, let me tell you one thing. You shall hear the trumpet sound. You shall hear his word saying, Adol, come home. Church, let's go home. Enoch, we are so much nearer to my home. And as we experience in this life, walking alone is not good. Solo is not good, let me tell you that. You need to walk with God. We need to walk with God. So as a church this afternoon, let's ask God to take us all, take our hearts, our lives, our children, everyone, our husbands, our wives, and say, Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to. Regardless, there's a price to be paid. There's a life of separation to be done. I need to detest sin and follow Christ. I need to. Uh, people are going to mock at you. There's part of the price. People are going to laugh at you. People are going to say, oh, wow, what are you doing to yourself? You're not living. I tell you one thing. There is no life unless you live for Christ. One day we shall hear this song. We shall hear him saying, Church, come home, and then we shall be no more. Let's bow our heads. Let's ask God to, to take charge of our lives. Say, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. Take everything that breaks my fellowship and let me live and let me taste true life with you. Maybe you haven't been walking with him. You have been walking with yourself and inviting him to walk with you and he doesn't come because he knows this is not the way to follow. Please surrender. If there is any broken fellowship with him, Please mend it right now. It's not too late. Too late, we will not be here. It's not too late as long as we are here. And say, Lord, I give you my life. If you haven't been to the cross of Calvary this morning, 
I ask you to say, Jesus Christ, I give you my heart. I want to start walking with you. I want to start a new life. Acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior and start a wonderful journey. And then is coming and it's soon and we shall be no more. Give him the chance to change your life. Our Father, we pray for those who are praying in their hearts, for those who are dedicating their lives, for those who are promising you that they want to walk with you, for this church, for us all, that bring us closer to you. We want to walk with you. We want to carry the cross. We want to follow you. We want to do things that bring glory to your name. So help our hearts. As we open our hearts, we don't hide anything from you. Give us your heart, Lord. Give us a life worthy of our calling. And as it was counted to Enoch, that he was found pleasing in your eyesight. May you find us pleasing in your eyesight. Bless this congregation. Be with each and every one, especially those who couldn't make it, those who are ill, those who are traveling. You be with them. And help us, Lord, to spend the rest of our lives walking with you, regardless of the circumstances. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. If anyone would like to talk to me after the meeting, if he wants to discuss anything with me, I'll be available. I'll be here in the front. And God bless you. The meeting is over.